Welcome to Intrepid Media, the show for the business professional. Here, we're going to talk about business topics such as leadership, sales, marketing, HR, innovation, strategy, and technology. But we're also going to riff about lifestyle too and help you look better, feel better, and live better. This show is everything the modern business professional needs, from the C-level executive to the millennial. So let's get on with the show. Good morning and welcome back to Intrepid Business. I am your host, Todd Schnick. Today is going to be a fun conversation. Yet another way to think about, another way to look at, another way to approach your sales. And a cool new book out there that I'm looking forward to talking to and a great new guest to this show. Let's get to it. Joined this morning by Rick Wong. He is the founder and CEO of The Five Abilities LLC and the author of a cool new book called Winning Lifelong Customers with The Five Abilities. Rick, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Todd. Well, it's good to have you. I appreciate you making time to join me. I know you're awfully busy, and so I appreciate you stopping by the show and giving us some time. Before we get into a conversation around this great new book, take a take a couple of quick minutes and tell us a bit about you, your background, and the work that you are doing with The Five Abilities. So I worked in technology for most of my career, certainly following MBA school. Microsoft and HP were the primary companies that I worked for. I also worked for some small companies, and I worked with a lot of partners. What I've done, everywhere I went, I kind of saw the same thing. There were a few salespeople that were always the top performers, and then everybody else was like average or below. And I wanted to know why that happened. I had a boss at HP. She was great. And she says to this day, you can see the good ones coming. She, she'd always say that. And she coached me to just watch them. I, luckily, I joined when I was still in school. I was in an internship. I joined when I was in school. And, and, and she, she would tell me, look, just watch the office. The people that are doing well are, are moving faster. They're always on the move. They do things instinctively. They're always the top performers, and they do it by habit. And the the good, the lucky thing for me is that she said she saw me coming, and that's how I got the job. So the problem is that it's usually just a few salespeople, whether you're the, and whether you're the, you know, the CEO, the manager, whatever. Uh, you kind of needed to be many, and for me. I wanted to be in that club, and so I just watched these people, and I found that there are really five things that they do consistently well, and that became the five abilities. It's it's kind of a simple, some call it profound, way to remember and repeat the five things that the best salespeople do all the time, and they do it well all the time. There are five things that cause people to buy from you, and the five things that salespeople do to shine. And, and at the core of, of that kind of simple, simple framework is that people make business decisions for personal reasons. People make business decisions for personal reasons. So they, you know, you buy a red car over a green car because you like red. You buy an iPhone over a BlackBerry because Apple is cool. And it, it doesn't mean that all the stuff that we learned in MBA school isn't true, that you need data and, and everything, but people tend to buy from people who they want to work with. 
and you satisfy those personal reasons that lead people to make business decisions, and you'll shine all the time. So, Rick, let me... By the way, I agree with you wholeheartedly. Every sales organization I've ever seen and worked with and observed, there was that upper echelon of the sales reps that just nailed it. Every time we're good, we're the high end, far outranked, far outdistanced their their colleagues. And it, it just, it, it, I've been in business a long time now, and it just has always been that way. And so thinking further about that idea, and by the way, we are going to get into the five abilities in just a minute in some detail. Okay. So in case you're listening to this and you're saying, well, wait a minute, tell me what the five abilities are. We're going to get to that. <laughs> but I, I, I have a, I guess a playful challenge to you, Rick, is, is look, in addition to your fine book, there is a ton of material out there from a million thought leaders who have published a billion books on sales with all kinds of ideas on theory and ideas and strategy and tactics and scripts and this and that. I mean, there is endless stream of content that exists on this planet to aim to help improve salespeople, to arm them with new tools, new ideas, new concepts, new this, new that. And yet this phenomenon never changes. There's always just a couple of people who seem <laughs> to, to have these, what I suspect you're going to say, they have these five abilities. The, the, the question I want to ask you is, is this something that people can learn? If you're sitting here right now and, and you honestly assess yourself and say, I am lacking in these is it possible for someone to say, I can actually learn this? I can actually develop these skills. I can develop these abilities. I can work at it. I can practice it. Or is it maybe the sales isn't for you? You know, Todd, that is, that is a very important question for today. Because there's science out there right now that says salespeople are born, not made. And, and what that really means is, you know, people who, for whatever reason, by the age of six or seven years old, haven't developed basic people skills, what maybe in today's business we call EQ, the, the ability for them to learn it, kind of like language, I guess, the, the ability for them to learn it as they go on in life becomes less and less possible. However, there are those people who do have those basic skills but haven't honed them in the area of sales or business in general. And so I agree with you. Sales is sales is sales, and it's been that way probably since the Stone Age. And the, probably the same characteristics cause successful salespeople back then as they do now. I think a lot of what's out there, and I know some of the authors that are out there, some have kind of gone the scientific route of trying to give you kind of a formula for, you know, do this first, do this second, do this third, and nothing against them, but I, I find that that isn't the way sales really works because the customer is always going to change the process on you. And so what I've tried to do is take what ends up being kind of a complex job. You, you know that, right? Uh, I mean, it, whenever you're dealing with people, it can become complex. Right. And turn it into just five things that you got to remember to do. And I've tried to make it clever enough that they're easy to remember and easy to repeat. And so, yes, I do think, and I've seen it, I've, I've, I've coached my own employees 
coach now clients. And I've seen that when they think about it in this way and kind of train themselves to do it and force themselves to do it habitually, they can learn these things. It's it's not a complex thing, which is also why it's not a very long book. <laughs> well, see, that's the. I mean, I, I asked that question with a little wink and a smile. Of course, okay. uh, these are skills that that one can develop, and 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 I'll be honest with you, I think it's a never ending process. I I think you as a salesperson, and trust me. Whether you believe it or not, we are all in sales, even if it's merely trying to convince your wife about what movie to go see. You are in sales. And so these are skills that, that are, in my view, a lifelong dedicated process to continue to hone skills such as these. All right, so let's let's do this then. Before we go to break, and no rush here, but walk us through the, the five abilities so that those uh, that are listening with bated breath can understand exactly what these are. So the five abilities are visibility, credibility, viability, capability, and reliability. Visibility, in short, to be seen in the right way by the right people at the right time. Credibility is your ability to show not only the expertise in what you're selling, but the expertise in the customer's industry. And I can talk in detail later maybe about how you earn credibility. Viability is what we in the sales industry call qualification. It's really making sure that not only you're selling to the right customer, but that you are right for the customer. I have a saying, the only thing worse than not winning a customer is winning the wrong customer. And that's what viability is about. Capability gets into the the areas or the kind of the personality traits of decision makers and making sure that you are satisfying their personal motivations for making a decision. And then reliability, I call it being unreasonably accountable, being there when the unexpected happens because at least in the tech world, the world that I grew up in, the unexpected will always happen. And so those are the five abilities and and maybe we can dive into it after the break. Well, yeah, that's and there's a great segue into my final point before the break was the unexpected always does happen. And that's why people who are in sales that try to follow strictly these scripts that follow this very strict process that that are are, are following these formulas, as you as you stated earlier, that's why they struggle with this, because the unexpected always does happen. And as you said, you are dealing with humans here. I mean, this is all personal. I hate the line, it's, this isn't personal, it's just business. No, yeah. <laughs> this this is all personal. I mean, it ought to be that way. And, 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 you know, I've worked with people in business before who they couldn't sell because they were following the same process every darn time. And when someone threw a curveball, they, they couldn't deal with it. They couldn't wrap their head around how to adjust their approach because of this curveball. When... I'm, you're always throwing curveballs. I mean, I don't understand why people are are so surprised by weird things happening in the sales process because you're dealing with human beings, right? Exactly. The thing that I see is is companies kind of make a habit of training their salespeople on products, all the value propositions that the marketing people come up with and all that kind of stuff. So they kind of force a process on the salespeople and then – the customer asks a question that uh, they don't expect, silence. Right. Because they don't know where to go to next because it isn't part of the decision tree. <laughs> and, 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 and you and I both know that's, that's just not the way it works. Right. 
right? It, it's not the way it works when you're trying to put your kids to bed. They're going to throw you a surprise, too, right? Right. And uh, like you said, and this is a Daniel Pink thing, to sell as human. Yep, yep. Right? Well, the biggest frustration I have is when you have a sales manager who disciplines you when you go off script. And, and that's what I don't understand. And that's, boy, we could talk for hours on that. All right, we've got yeah. to go to break. So Rick Wrong and I will return after this quick break. We'll be right back. In today's workplace, business leaders face significant pressure to recruit and retain the best employees, to effectively build a team, to create a culture that is healthy, productive, and dynamic, and to empower their staff in managing stress and finding balance. And behind all those pressures is one goal, to strengthen and grow the business. And too many organizations struggle with this. Unlimited Coaching Solutions provides customized strategies and training to help reach your goals and take your teams to the next level. Call them today at 585-248-9322 or find them online at unlimitedcoaching.com. All right, I am back with Rick Wong, the founder and CEO of The Five Abilities and the author of a new book, Winning Lifelong Customers with The Five Abilities. So Rick, you mentioned right before the break, What's, what's the worst thing about not winning business is winning the wrong business. Boy, this happens every day, and I've done it, and I learned lessons from it. Why do we still fall in this trap? Why are we allowing this to happen? Well, again, with all this thought leadership out there, how, how are we still falling into this? It's just so frustrates and complicates this whole process and, and makes it such a struggle. Right. You know, you mentioned earlier about sometimes management and and I hope I wasn't one of these. I hope I wasn't. But sometimes management puts pressure on people to just get the numbers in, make more sales calls, right? Get in to see the decision maker and so forth. And they don't account for the fact that not every customer is the right customer. So I think that's part of it. I think management pushes people, especially in big companies, to think that everybody's a customer. You want every customer. You want to beat every competitor. But I think the other thing is, especially maybe when you're launching a new product or you're maybe a, not a big brand, you just want to go have somebody talk to you. And anybody who doesn't hang the phone up on you, you're going to talk to, and then you forget to do the qualification. You forget to find out, you know, do they really have a need? And do they have enough experience that they can really evaluate what you're doing and coach you to do better for their company? Do they, are, you know, are they successful? Here, you know, here's one that I always say to people. If you don't have a competitor after this business as well, you're probably in trouble. Right. You, want to, you want to sell to people who other people want to sell to. And then the biggest one, the, the biggest challenge I see is uh, customers and sellers together oftentimes don't give enough time, don't, don't give themselves enough time to be successful because they just want the business. And then you end up, and you know this, you end up with a customer who is taking up too much resource, taking up a lot of time, asking for things that you cannot deliver, they're never going to be a referral, and they're just going to be a time sink on you, yeah. right? Yeah. You know, you know how that happens. 
Yeah. Well, it's the it's the reverse problem of of the you know people buy for personal reasons. Sometimes you like a, a prospect so so much, and they like you that you do business together. When that's probably not an appropriate relationship. And Correct. so sometimes you got to be very mindful of that too. This you talked about this idea of of people buying for personal reasons, and and we we talked about the humanness of this whole process. How do you? begin to get a sense and and understand the personal motivations of someone you're trying to sell to to help move the opportunity in a direction that you want it to go. I mean, how do you how do you begin to to get the sales opportunity into that framework? So, over over the time that I've been in business, I I found kind of five personality types in decision makers and influencers, by the way. Uh, even in myself, and they can change over time depending on the situation, but people who make decisions are looking for safety, simplicity, rewards, recognition, or revolution, and I'll, I'll go through each one of those. So safety-oriented people, for whatever reason, at that point in time are risk-averse. They could be working for a company that's going through layoffs. They could be working for a company that's cutting budgets, and their budget is on the table, right? And the, the way you find these people, these are the people that are always asking the questions, will it really work? Will it really work? Can you guarantee it? These are, these are the people that will always be asking for a guarantee. Next, there are some people who just want simplicity. They, they want to simplify their environment and it can be for very personal reasons, like, you know, I want to go home at 6 o'clock at night so I can coach my kid's baseball team. It can be because, as a leader, maybe they see that their team is, is feeling stressed out. They're overworked, and they know it. And, and so they want to hire a solution or a service or whatever that's going to make things simpler for the organization. And these people... The, the thing that I see most in these people is they want to hand it to you and walk away. They want to just know that you're going to own it. And so if you ask them too many questions uh, about, about how to make it happen, they get nervous because they feel like, ah, this is not somebody who's going to own it. I'm looking for simplicity. Third one is reward. And you have met these people. We've all met these people. They wear their career on their sleeve. And they, they're going to make a decision based on whether it's going to get them their next promotion, their next bonus, some kind of award or, or, or whatever it may be. The, the cool thing here, and by the way, these aren't bad people. These are just people that who, who somehow grew up understanding that rewards were the way they, they evaluated their success. The good news, these are probably the most visible people in the organization. You, you talk to people in the org, and they will know who these people are, and they will know that this person wears a career on their sleeve, not to mention oftentimes they'll mention that to you. You know, they want to get their next promotion or whatever. So the next one is recognition, different than rewards. People who want recognition, they just want to be recognized as the local subject matter expert or SME. They, they're, they're typically the ones that, if you go through the organization, they're typically the ones who have the most mentees. They're mentoring a lot of people. You ask people around them, who do you go to when you want to know about your organization? 
and and most fingers will point to this person. They're kind of, you know, you, if you played sports, they were kind of the ultimate team player. They they and and again, it's just the way they were raised in in terms of how they that how they looked at their own success. The, the last one is revolution, and you met these people too. The minute they get into a position of authority or they take over a new role, they want to change everything. That is how they're going to make their mark. They want to leave their legacy, and they want to change everything. So these are people that use the word innovation a lot, <laughs> change management a lot, want to do something new, and like the people who look for rewards, these people are well-known to their organization. And what's interesting about these people, they can be very, very good customers because they, were, they typically get put in these roles to make big changes. So those are kind of the five things I see. And in each case, you can take the same product and, or service or whatever you're selling and make it look very simple, right? Right. You can take that same product without making any changes, without you know, going native, which is what the, the product people always worry about, and sell it in a way that shows that person who's interested in revolution that it will, that it will help him make him or her make change. It, 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 and this is where the salesperson comes in because you have to know that personal motivation so that you can take that product or service or whatever it is and sell it in a different way to satisfy the buyer's personal motivations. Hmm. <laughs> Lots to think about here. Great stuff. And I certainly know those revolution-seeking people. <laughs> I've, I've, <laughs> I've met a lot of them, let me tell you. I've heard you talk about the idea of creating a suspicion of value in the mind of customers. What is that all about? Yeah, so it, 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 is, a, it is my take, maybe a little different way to think about the elevator pitch. Ah. So the other thing that I ran into, you've, you've probably seen this too, you see salespeople who get their, their first opportunity to meet with a customer. It may be the elevator pitch type of situation, or it may be a, an actual meeting. And they're bound and determined to get every single piece of information about their offering Ugh. out to the customer. Yep. Right? You've yep. seen that. Yep. You know, they bring the 30-page slide deck, and, and they, they, they got to get through it. But the reality is, you know, what, what's the goal of the first time you meet with a customer? The, the goal is for them to want to see you again. Right. Right? And so what I developed is a way to build a 30-second value proposition that creates a suspicion of value such that the customer wants to ask for more information from you. And I, I see it with people when I, when I say all you're trying to do is to get them to ask you for more, then you, it, it changes the way they think about it. And when I tell them your goal is not to pitch everything, your goal is to change this from a sales pitch into an engagement. And, and when the customer asks questions, when they get interested enough that they want to know more from you, you're probably on your way to a second meeting. Yep, yep. Well, I've also heard you say when someone's not looking to buy, when they're not interested, is the best time to sell. How does that work? So the, the comparison I use of the, the 
analogy I use is the Winter Olympics. Hmm. You know, in the Winter Olympics, they have the sports that are just speed-oriented or, or whatever, and the, whoever goes faster wins. They also have things like figure skating, freestyle skiing that is an art form, right? Right. And if you ask the competitors and the judges if your ranking matters before you start the competition, they'll all say yes. Yeah. And so if you're ranked first in the world, top in the world, when you get on the ice, the judges are likely to see something that maybe they're not looking for from other people. That can also work bad for you, but for the most part, if you're ranked number one in the world, they're going to expect the number one performance. In sales, it's the same thing. When when you take the time to get to know a customer before they're actually in the buying process, you're, what you're doing is you're trying to be in first place before the sale starts. Because once the sale starts, you, you know this. The customer, the decision makers, they evaluate you in a different way because they know that really all you're there for is to get them to decide on you and to get their money. But if you take the time to get to know them, to understand their needs, to understand those personal motivations before the competition starts, you start ahead of the pack. And, and that's what I try to promote you know, my people to do. Even when they're not in the middle of an RP or whatever it may be, it, it, it's, a, it's the best time for you to get to know them because it's less pressure, it's more personable, and they know you're interested in them. Well, and you build trust too, right? Exactly, exactly. And people buy from people who they trust. Yep, yep. Well, that's a lesson that has been tempted to be taught for generations, and yet I still think half of the people out there in sales still don't <laughs> still don't seem <laughs> to understand that. Well, Rick, there, we could spend another couple of hours on some of these topics. Uh, sadly, we're out of time for today. We'll have to figure out some way to get you back on the show to continue to dive into some of these things. For today, however, before I let you go, should anyone have any questions, how do they find you? Where do they learn about your work? And most importantly, where do they get their hands on a copy of the book? <laughs> so the book is for sale on Amazon and Barnes and & Noble uh, and, and I believe Apple, all the traditional places. You can look up five ability, the5abilities.com, the5abilities.com, and you can email me directly at rick.wong at the5abilities.com. All right. Rick Wong, the author of a new book, Winning Lifelong Customers with the Five Abilities. Rick, a real pleasure to have you. Thank you so much for stopping by and giving us some time. Thank you, Todd. It was great. All right. All the time we have for today. Again, on behalf of my guest, Rick Wong, I am Todd Schnick. We'll see you soon on Intrepid Business. Thank you for listening to Intrepid Media. We appreciate your attention. To receive everything we do, simply go to IntrepidMailingList.com. That's IntrepidMailingList.com and sign up. You can also find us at Intrepid.media and on iTunes. And to support the important work we do on your behalf, a rating and review on iTunes will help spread our work far and wide. Again, we certainly appreciate your support. Now get out there, be intrepid, and we'll see you next time.